0: Welcome back, everyone, to Revelations, Conversations, and Motherhood. I'm your host, Manette, aka Minnie. And y'all, tonight's conversation is going to be a good one. It's giving, ask me how my healing is going. And coming back is my girl, Jamia.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm actually hanging out with. My two little so they're watching the end of a movie. So of course they'll be like popping in and out of just the sound, but hey,
0: it's all good. That's hey the life we, of we are flexible, okay? <laughs> we are mothers, so we get it. We it. Get it. it. So I had posed a question um about triggers and mother had asking folks what are some of your triggers? And I got some interesting responses, y'all. Okay. So I didn't really specify until the latter end when somebody asked me, which I thought was a good question. Are these triggers that people do to you in motherhood or are these internal triggers? And I thought that was such a really good question. Um, So before we really get into the meat of the conversation, I want to just go through some of the responses I got. Okay. So someone said destructive or messes or waste, endless Mm. work, can't get caught up no matter how hard I try. Okay, been there, still there. Um, Mm -hmm. Somebody else said when people tell me their opinions about how I raise my children, can I get an amen? Um, And somebody else said kids not doing as they're told. Someone said, for me, the way I talk about my body and food, I was raised in a diet culture household. And especially now that I have a daughter, I've realized how much of my upbringing I don't want to repeat and how much of the way my mom talks about food still bothers me. Mm -hmm. And then somebody else said, Um, My kids trigger me when they whine about their chores, because in my head, they are so easy compared to what I have to do. Mm. And then I had a few people say, you know, back to people giving unsolicited advice when they don't have kids or when someone says something negative about my child without actually knowing them. Okay, okay. These responses were really, really good.
1: You know, the purpose of the whole podcast is just like unlearning and Mm -hmm. really unconditioning your mind from what we think things are supposed to be like or how we think, you know, parenting is like and really going through the motions of it and learning from it. But I tell you what, like one big part that stood out to me, particularly like thinking about triggers that I've had in my life is really associated with just like, unmet needs that I Mm. have
0: so So like that that.
1: yeah so that's something that's uh, like for me anyway that I've really started to understand is like yes the triggers are there and Mm -hmm. like for me particularly one of my biggest triggers is when like my kids don't want to eat what I make them Mm. I'm like well am I not cooking good enough right right making food to their taste like what am I doing wrong as a mom? I can do so much. But like all of these, it just spirals out of complete, you know, control. Right. And for me, it's like, what triggers am I having or what um needs am I mm-hmm. having where this trigger is just so vibrant in, in showing itself whenever this happens. Right. So I know like what I really determined whenever, you know, they would try to, you know, just basically not eat or eat something else, I'd be like, well, I remember growing up, like, if I wasn't going to eat what my mom made, I wasn't going to eat, period. Period. And that was kind (laughs) of like how it was, you know, in our community. And it's not even like, because of that, I felt, you know, necessarily abandoned, or anything like that. But I mean, those, it does, trigger you to think about your childhood and just like, well, if my mom was, you know, your mother, you wouldn't even be dealing with this. You wouldn't right. Be, right. So so to to as an adult experience that from your children, it's like you want to be that parent that you that you watched and saw growing mm-hmm. up. You really right. do.
0: Right. But
1: yeah, it's I think that's something just like Something that I can easily pull from as far as like a mm-hmm. trigger. Another trigger that I have for me is just like really, really diligently watching over my kids whenever we go to parks mm-hmm. or like being worried that, you know, they're going to run off or someone's going to take them. So, like, anywhere we go. I am a hovering parent. Mm. It's hard for me to even go to, like, Sky Zone or something and just let them
0: go play. I'm like, right. nope,
1: I need to be up there in the slide with them, <laughs> I'm like,
0: because... It's so funny even- you say that, because mm-hmm. I remember I was at a birthday party, um, and it was a family... F- I mean, it was a family party. There were kids, mm-hmm. their parents, we were all having a good time. Um, but sure. I remember my friends t- saying to me, "Manette, are you just going to let that child be, like... You keep watching over her every five seconds. You keep following after her, but it was just so innate in me that I had to be that helicopter parent. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, because m- dare I leave my child, uh, you know, alone for five seconds, or um, let yeah. her be, you know, without me, or um, go play and have fun? It just was not a part of me, right? Like. I grew up, my parents were very protective over me, um, especially Mm -hmm. my mother. And so the idea, the notion of not being around my child or not seeing her every move or watching her every move, it clicked for me that moment. Like, it didn't click as in like, oh, I have to turn this off. But it clicked like, this is something from my childhood that now I am like, you know, pretty much forcing my child to be. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll do that.
1: And I think a big part of it for me is just like, shoot, my parents did lose me when I was a kid. Mm. So it's like for that, it's like, oh, my gosh, not even my parents, my dad, particularly. <laughs> he will even tell the story. Like, he don't even have to know you for him to tell the story about how he lost me when I was a kid. And like, it's funny but it always like it triggers me now. I'm right. like, oh my gosh, whenever I'm around my kids, that were so like those particular things. It's just really researching, like, or searching within mm-hmm. yourself, and just like, why, why is this triggering me so much? Right. What is this from? Like, and really approaching that part of yourself, yeah. which a lot of people aren't necessarily you know, wanting to do, that's why we just yeah. react and go on about our business, you know?
0: Right. I'm so glad you, you mentioned unmet needs because I, I have a clinical background and um, like I said, this is not meant to be a therapy session, but I think it's so important to start to identify why we're having these feelings, you know, in, in parenthood. And I don't know about you, but for me, I have a desire to parent in a way that doesn't leave my child feeling like it's their fault. They came into this world, you know? Um, And what I know to be true about triggers in parenthood is that as parents, we typically start to experience a trigger or the triggers typically start in parenthood at our child's age when we experienced trauma in our childhood. Does that make sense? So like Mm -hmm. if, something happens to me let's say you know my daughter is three at three years old and now my daughter's three and she starts exhibiting those behaviors that will start triggering me Mm -hmm. and whether it's a big t trauma uh... on dying or little t trauma like being bullied in school we still have that other area where our needs were not being met and even if our parents did the best that they could They may not realize that our needs weren't being met or been able to identify them. Coupled with the fact that we're getting to be a certain age, our window of tolerance is getting narrow. And because our window of tolerance is a place where we can regulate, there's no telling what can set that off. So all of that to say, feeling triggered by our children can definitely be connected to things that happened in our childhood. You gave the example of you know, um, being lost, you know, um, Mm -hmm. when you were a kid or um, when you cook a meal and your kids don't always eat that food. But then we also think living in a patriarchal society, that can also trigger us. So um, the example I like to give is if there's a passion that I want to do, such as this, you know, art, this is just me making this up, you know, as an example, but we live in a society where art doesn't necessarily bring money. Now it does, but you know, back then it's like, oh, you want to be a starving artist? You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. And it doesn't bring money. And so as as I get older, those feelings of, oh, like I can't fulfill my passion or I can't, um, branch out and do what I really want to do, because society has taught me that this that I like to do is not really worth it. um, or like somebody had mentioned being you know the 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 correlation between body and food, or now that they have mm-hmm. a daughter, um, West you know, European society, it's all about mm-hmm. being thin, right? Mm-hmm. And so, if I was a child and I was questioned about my weight um, or asked like, hey, do you want to eat all of that? Or are you going to finish that? Or don't you think you're getting a little chubby? When I get older as an adult, I will constantly be triggered. Anytime somebody talks about food or the thought of, um, you know, overeating, or if my child wants to eat a lot of things and my child could be a healthy child. But oh, just that thought or that feeling of, man, they literally just had a full meal and now they want a snack, you know, then instantly I'm triggered because that's what happened to me. And so being, you can only suppress those things for so long, right? Like, absolutely. and right. a lot of us have un, unprocessed emotions from childhood, AKA, we're all walking around with baggage. We're all walking around with these unprocessed feelings and memories. In our emotional backpacks, right? And these are these emotional baggage and luggages that we carry. And what we're seeing as parents, as mothers, especially, eventually, we will get triggered, right? Because we haven't dealt with them, we haven't processed them, we found a way, which is very adaptive, but can only work for so long because we found a way to go through life suppressing them. But then we have this child or these kids and here, ding, ding, kids know how to trigger us. They know how to push our buttons. And so we're then faced with, am I going to deal with this or am I going to continue to stuff it? And what I've learned is for me, it's easier for me to heal Than to be unhealed and have my child go through life with my unprocessed trauma my unprocessed emotions and memories and her feeling like everything is always her fault right Mm -hmm. um and because these are childhood experiences our children have an uncanny ability to trigger us without even knowing
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, even just to your point about just like, triggering us without us even knowing, like, especially when you go into the whole, like, notion around just, like, sex education, like, especially for, you know, survivors or people who don't necessarily have a good relationship with sex or just with that whole accessibility to it, like, literally just talking about or even being around when children are trying to understand their bodies or understand what's this and what's that and you know what function it has like a lot of parents
0: will be triggered
1: they'll be like wait a mm-hmm. minute I want to touch on that down there? when in actuality like that decreases the accessibility to to consent that decreases the accessibility to understanding just the human, you know, race and just humanity in general, by not opening up the conversation and feeling so triggered by, and that was something that like, I even struggle with being a, a mother of two, and then also being a survivor, like, I really had to work myself through the emotions, when I would like you know, my kids would be asking questions. What's the, what's the reason that we want to sit here, you know, in this space around mommy and sissy, you know what I mean? And and have these emotions or have this experience in front. Like, so those types of, I guess, experiences and open lines of communication really start as as early as possible. And mm-hmm. a lot of times why people won't embark on that or talk about sex education is because of those triggers as well
0: right right yeah i think you know and i definitely won't get into the weeds about this but having kids having a child has definitely made me realize the importance of and this this you know conversation is not about sex education by any means um but just to touch on that has made me realize the importance of teaching my daughter about the anatomical body parts right and so we're not sugarcoating things
1: because Mm
0: -hmm. i i grew up in a culture where we we don't talk about those things um Mm -hmm. it it, it's just not something you talk about um Mm -hmm. but realizing that it's it's important to have those conversations it's important Mm -hmm. for me to step aside of myself and Mm -hmm. and sit with that discomfort um, Mm -hmm. because that's the only way that i will continue to unlearn and heal um, in order to be the effective parent and mother that I need to be for my child um, that part, yeah. and and any future kids, right? Um, mm-hmm. So how do we deal? Because triggers are normal. Being overstimulated is normal. We're human. There's nothing wrong with that. But we have to find a way to still deal because these are still little humans and little humans will grow up to be big humans. And how we parent them now, those things stay with them, right? Um, The lessons from their childhood stay with them. So how do we get to this place of realizing, okay, I am human and I have these emotions and I have these things that I need to process and there's nothing wrong with that, but I have to do it because I think realizing and coming to the, the, the realization that you have to deal with it is probably the hardest thing. Right. Once you realize that, taking that step becomes a little easier because that that wall comes down a bit. Um, and unfortunately, if we don't resolve our triggers and issues, we then take them out on our children. We say and we do things that we would never do if we weren't triggered or if we weren't overstimulating. And instead of supporting our children to work through their normal childhood emotions. Right. Right we add a layer of shame and blame because Mm -hmm. how is it that i can tell my child it's okay to have those feelings it's okay to feel frustrated it's okay to 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 feel mad or whatever you're feeling but yet i can't work through my stuff Mm -hmm. then Mm -hmm. she's not seeing that modeled effectively and instead Mm -hmm. of calming um you know the storm and creating a safe haven for our children we end up escalating the drama. And we pass our unresolved emotional baggage to our children who will carry it for the rest of their lives. And I know that might seem like dramatic or overarching, but it, it's a fact. Because if we think of ourselves as adults, we've carried those trauma, right? right we've right. carried those unresolved issues and unresolved memories into our adulthood. But where do we get to the point where we start to say, this, this has to stop or... I have to deal with this. I recognize that I have these feelings and I recognize that being triggered is normal. And I recognize that a lot of this comes from an whether it's an unmet need or a big trauma that I experienced in my childhood, but I still mm-hmm. have to deal with it. I still have okay. to cope. And I think for me, one of the practices so I don't think I know for me, one of the practices that I have started adopting um, through the help of therapy <laughs> is actually starting to notice the feeling, but not taking action. I think oftentimes I can be very reactive. Mm -hmm. And so noticing the feeling, but instead of taking a reaction, um, just pausing and starting to notice like, how my body's feeling. Like, am I getting tense when she's too loud or when she says something? Um, am I starting to feel anxious? What kind of smells are around me, right? What am I seeing? So, also taking that time to connect with nature and connect with my body. And I realized that when I take the time to feel, it slows down my response to how I would respond to her, whether it's like lashing out or being loud or things get escalated, it slows that down. And then after that i have to then start to ask myself what is where's what is, what's the root of this like is this coming from an unmet need that i had as a kid right and when i realize when i work through that unmet need or when i work through whatever that the root of that is then i can have a conversation with her of course that's developmentally appropriate you know but having that conversation and just being open and honest like hey Mommy was having a hard time um, yeah. and I am sorry. I love spending time with you. And sometimes I just get really overwhelmed. I think when we put a butt in there, it kind of erases everything we've said before. So mm-hmm. it kind of takes the meaning off away from that. But saying like, and because two things can coexist, right? It, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Like I can mm-hmm. still love spending time with my daughter, but I can still get triggered by loud noises. It doesn't have, mm-hmm. they, they, those two things can coexist. And having that conversation of what need were you, were you meet, needing from me? And how mm-hmm. can I meet that need? And if we can come up with that, agreement fine but if we're both in a place and this just goes for anybody if we're both in a place where that need can't be met then that's where we start implementing those boundaries and that that can come like when you have older kids but for instance when I start feeling this way I'm going to start taking some time for myself or I'm going to start removing myself from the room and I've actually had to do that a few times I've had to look at my daughter and say you're safe I am still in this house, but I am going to step away for a minute. And that's a boundary. And that's also recognizing that when I start feeling this way, instead of lashing out, I'm going to step away for a minute. You're safe, but taking that time or putting, you know, earphones in to just kind of get yourself to a place where you can calm down a bit, because there's nothing more important than repairing, right? Like, the triggers there, it will continue to be there, but how you work through it and repairing that, because it's important for me to repair so that I can continue to show up authentically in my relationship with my daughter, but also knowing that it's imperative for me to repair that. And it's it's also important for my daughter to know that I'm human and mm-hmm. I'm not perfect and there's no shame in starting over because any every day is a new day. I think as adults, sometimes we're like, oh, if I don't talk about it, if I don't touch it, it will just magically disappear. But that's not how it works with kids. Like yeah. no, they remember everything, not. right? And that mm-hmm. stays with you. So understanding that like, even if we can't talk about it in this moment, because, you know, emotions are heightened, but there's another day. Tomorrow's a new day for us to talk about it when we're all feeling okay and we're all in a better place and it doesn't mean we're bad parents like yelling at your child doesn't make you a bad parent but it's what you do after that right and it's and it's that healing work of realizing man i didn't realize that i had some unmet needs until i became a mother and this is just truth like me speaking i didn't realize i had unmet needs i didn't realize that i had some trauma from my childhood and i think i touched on this on the first episode um I knew I had healing to do, but I didn't realize how much work I had to do until I became a mother. And it's realizing that, but not stopping at realizing it, but also doing the work to begin to unlearn and to heal.
1: Yeah, that part. For sure. I can agree more. And I mean, coming to that realization can hurt. And -hmm. I think a big part of it is just like, you know, being a mom and really embarking on who you are. It's not something that's just like you wake up and it just comes to you and you're like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, pour into myself and overfill my cup. Like
0: it's definitely
1: not that. It's like you go through a few breaking points and then you're like, okay, something is not regulating Mm -hmm. here. I'm ready to get out of this rut. Let me figure out what's going on. And I think just to your point about just like coming to that realization, it's it's something that's gonna be work and Mm -hmm. it's more work on top of already the heavy load of motherhood that we carry like all the time. So, you know, giving yourself time, giving yourself space and really resting. Like Mm
0: -hmm. resting
1: first is really what's, what's most important. And even to your point that you said earlier about like really tapping in and scanning your body, scanning your senses and just really, seeing how present you are in this moment, how disconnected you are, what your, you know, where your tension lies and, you know, are you grinding your teeth Are are you feeling hot? Is your stomach starting to get hot? Like those types of things are so essential to like really tapping into your body. And then from like the physical sense to the emotional and just connected sense that you have with yourself in being able to, like, you know, go through the motion and find yourself, find that sense of self. Mm -hmm. It's just so important to not even because it's something that's like fluid. It's, It's not like a one time thing that you do. It's something that you do i do every day (laughs) i meditate every day like it's something that i've associated with that time to be able to scan my body to be able to relax my mind and really connect reconnect with myself anyway so like it's something that can be fluid but at least understanding what those triggers are and being able to condition your mind to when you start to feel tension when you start Mm -hmm. feeling like you need to scan your body then being able to basically counter trigger that and like just search right within instead of just like the energy goes outward, it just goes inward. and really just sustains you because it takes so much out of you whenever you do get frustrated, whenever you do get so triggered that you're like, all these kids need to get out of my face. Oh, I'm going to go crazy. Like, look, you know, like those types of things.
0: Look, go <laughs> look, and sit and have a conversation with Jesus because I'm not the one today.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I I understand. I definitely get it. So just something to like, you know, for, for mothers to really keep in mind, it's just like, you know, searching within is amazing and something that's a must, but understanding that it's a process and to really give yourself as much grace as possible mm. and be okay with like, If you're not the perfect mom today, or if you're not the perfect mom tomorrow, that it's okay, because there is a new day, there's new times, there's new availability, and there's just even more uh, ability for you to be able to have that relationship with your children for them to understand that you're human, like, especially now for me being a 30 year old mom, like, I think back to the fact that my mom had me when she was 21. So I was like nine at the time when mm-hmm. when she was 30. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I can't even imagine right. you know, having five children. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> like what? And the the way that she did. So like, it really puts a different sense in your mind too, of just like what those triggers are. But then also understanding that like, we are humans just we as am. our parents were when they were younger. So like giving yourself grace, giving yourself Mm -hmm. time, and then apologizing to your children. Oh my
0: goodness. Being vulnerable with your children. Like, that's the part.
1: That's the part. When you open up that line of vulnerability and they get to see you for who you really are, that's when they can feel comfortable within themselves and that's when they can feel safest with with your
0: family as well. Absolutely. I would much rather apologize to my child and let her see that human side of me than walk walk around like It doesn't even matter because even if she's little now, your sense of security, your sense of confidence starts at a young age. And so she will grow up feeling like I have to suppress my feelings because my mommy always did. And for me, it's just not okay. And also thinking of we were in a whole pandemic. Okay. Mm -hmm. I know people like to forget about that, but That was very much real. And for Mm -hmm. us who have little littles, yo, we were parenting in a whole pandemic, okay? So let's not even talk about the triggers that came with having your child under you Mm -hmm. (laughs) for two Mm -hmm. years, okay? Mm -hmm. For two years, (laughs) figuring it all out pretty much without your village because where were you going to go? Who was going to come to you, right? And so- as we maneuver around life and different seasons, there will be different triggers that will arise, right? Like Mm -hmm. pandemic brought on its own set of triggers. Mm -hmm. You go through a different phase, perhaps when you go through hardships or transitions in adulthood, that will bring on its own set of triggers. When your children get into, um, like high school, that will bring its own set of triggers. I know there's a lot of parents out there that live vicariously through their children of Mm -hmm. things they wish they did when their kids were that age. Things they wish they accomplished but never got to. Right? And so you have to understand that things will come up. But like we've been talking about, you have to take the time to feel it and acknowledge that you have those. And then Take the time to unlearn the things we were taught and then work on that healing process and apologize. Like, I stay saying I'm sorry all the time because at the end of the day, I can say I'm sorry and yell at you, but at least you and I know that we're starting over. We are starting over. And sometimes it's just, it just takes you just to pause. Like, it just takes a moment to just pause and not even respond and right. that can do a world of difference right if, yeah. if I am triggered and you're overstimulating me I can just choose to look at you and turn my music up and pretend like I don't even hear what you're saying or what's happening mm-hmm. and exactly. you know wh- whatever works for you however you cope use that lean into that for me it's it's the word of God. For me, it's music. For me, it's journaling. Lean into that. Let let that be a time where it's your time and your feelings and your emotions. And then handle the situation after because not all situation requires a response, especially in that moment, right? And so I think if we can become less reactive, But also knowing that there's grace, like you talked about, there's grace for the seasons we're going through, there's grace for the things that we went through um, as kids, and there's grace for the things that our kids are going through, because we're all figuring it all out, Um, and just journeying together and supporting each other. There's nothing like going through this journey of motherhood and feeling like, man, I'm so alone. Or man, I wonder if any other mother is going through this, right? Like, am I am I the only mother who yelled at her child five times today? Like, because what you see on social media is literally just five seconds into their life. But you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So. Right. right. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I
1: totally
0: agree. I totally agree. All right. Well, thank you all so much for hanging in there with us. Um, Please stay connected on our Instagram page at Revelations Podcast. If there is a topic that you want us to talk about, um, that you want me to cover, be sure to drop it in our DMs. And until next time, be good to yourself, be kind to yourself, and we will chat with you later. All right. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Bye.